Dear friends, this is Evan Papp from Empathy Media Lab's podcast on labor, political economy, arts, and culture. Based within the Washington, D.C. Beltway, you can find us at empathymedialab.com. We are a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network, which is broadcasting working people's voices 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Check out our show and all the shows elevating the voice of working people throughout the world at laborradionetwork.org. It's part of our labor series that stretches from Pittsburgh to Chicago through Cleveland, Detroit, and Benton Harbor. I met with Reverend Edward Pinckney of Benton Harbor, Michigan, and the Black Autonomy Network community organization known as Banco. In this eight-part series, Pinckney's fight magnifies the eternal struggle between labor, capital, race, and political economy. Part six highlights life in prison, human right violations of prisoners, mentoring prison youth, and keeping hope alive. These commentaries are recorded by Noel Hanrahan of Prison Radio. My name is Reverend Edward Pinckney. I'm from Benton Harbor, Michigan. We must hold all elected officials, judges, and everybody else accountable for their action and their inaction. In the 60s, it was called Negro removal. That is exactly what's happening, not only in, in Barron County, Benton Harbor, Michigan, but around the country. We have to learn to work together. It doesn't make a difference with black, white, yellow, brown, whatever it is. We must come together and fight this thing before it overtake us. As an individual, they will attempt to crush you. So let's work together and get this thing right. We know there is no right way to do a wrong thing. We will continue to make good, honest appliances that inspire trust so that future generations can continue to depend on us. For 100 years, we have set ourselves apart. Prisoner Reverend Ed Pinckney was a leader in the black community of Benton Harbor, Michigan. He was convicted last year by an all-white jury and locked away for up to 10 years for altering five dates on a recall petition against the mayor of Benton Harbor. He didn't even do it. He didn't change the dates, and the prosecution presented no evidence. They went after <laughs> Reverend Pinckney because he was getting in the way of Whirlpool, the multi-billion dollar corporation that makes your washer and dryer and that crap. It's headquartered in Benton Harbor, and they want to transform this economically devastated city into a private lakeshore playground for the wealthy. Whirlpool, for example, pulls the strings behind the scenes, corrupting judges and politicians, such as Michigan Congressman Fred Upton, the heir to much of the Whirlpool empire. I went on to prison December 15th. First, I went to quarantine in Jackson. It was bad, but when I got to Marquette, they sent me 500 miles away from my home. It was molded. And the mold, what it did is when you breathe, it goes into, like, into, your, into your throat and into your lungs. And then I started losing weight. I started getting sick. And uh, I, I told myself that I was not going to die in prison. You are not going to kill me here in prison. I'm not going to become a person that you know that's, that's going to die in prison. That is not going to happen. 
It had bugs in the food. They called them potato bugs. That was in the food. Old bread they, was, they would give to you. Boiled milk they would give to you. The food would be so bad, it wasn't worth eating. If you eat it, you get sick. Just last weekend, maggots were found in a crack near a serving line. Now the Department of Corrections says maggots crawled into the Charles Egler Reception and Guidance Center. Prisons across the state continue to see food shortages. They would tell me you just got some extra meat. Thought it was okay. It was supposed to be funny. You know, the guards and stuff say, well, you, you know, you got some extra meat. We're going to have to subtract that off your, off saying that you got an extra piece. There's a cookie or a piece of bread. You can't take that back to your unit. You can't do that. If you do, they'll charge you with stealing inside the prison system. Yeah. I always read the Bible, and I always read it at 6 o'clock in the morning. But at 6 o'clock in the morning, they have these young Turks. They like rap music, and I didn't like rap music. And they would control the TV all day. They didn't do nothing wrong. They was always able to get the TV because they was closer to it. And they listen to that rap music all day long. How long can you listen to that rap music that's all you hear? You know, rap this, you know, bump this. I mean, it was so, uh, uh, man, it was, it was enough to drive you nuts. One morning, I'm reading out there, reading my Bible, sitting at a table pretty similar to this. This guy comes up, he was a, a leader, and he came up to me and asked me would I help him you know, with his math. I don't know what made him think that I would want to help him. I, I couldn't figure that out. That's, to me, that was the brain part. Why would I want to help you and you see me read my Bible and you listen to all this darn rap music and, play, you know, and they played it real loud and stuff like that? I told him I would help him. But I laid down the law. I told him that if he ever be late, it's over. I don't, I don't care if you're sick. You're sick in the bed, you ain't out here at six o'clock because you was able to get the remote every morning at six o'clock. Now you're able to come to this. And at six o'clock, I expect you to be here. And the first time you're not here, is over. So you're on your own. So I shook his hand, made a deal, and he was always on time. Never, ever was late. Also, we started teaching them English, I taught them the, the basic fundamentals of math, adding, subtracting, multiplication. We see each other, I give them timetables, uh, what's 10 times 10 and all like, you know, 11 times 11, you know, and to me it's sharper in their mind and got them ready. It started growing, it went from him, then it got to be four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, and finally got to be 16, and, and we were ready then. We, we had a regular school. The most important thing, we got uh, eight people, got their GDs. But what they did for me, they, they became my protectors. Probably without them, I probably wouldn't be here today. I'd probably, probably, probably be dead somewhere. I used to read a book to them. Would sit there and listen to me talk to them uh, and read this book, The Death of a King by Tavis Smiley. It shows what we can do if we, you know, if we learn to work together.
If you like what you hear, hit the like button, leave a review, and subscribe to hear future episodes. And you can find us at empathymedialab.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Patreon at Empathy Media Lab. Stay well, everyone, and educate yourself, organize, and mobilize to fight the power and create a brighter future.